This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. continues to behave. My co-host today is Mark Muncy from Erie, Florida. Yes, and our guests are the amazing B.B. LeClaire, who argue over who came first. Anyway, yes, I'm Bill LeClaire. And Becca LeClaire. And I'm the first B. I'm the first B. You see how it works. I, I think there are betting rights to this. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking real quick and then get into rapid fire questions. I am drinking Flat Rock Cider Company, Ice Spice Baby. And for those that want to have fun with it, they actually have the story of this particular one to the beat of the Ice Ice Baby song, which makes me so happy. That starts with stop, grab a can and listen. Okay, I, anyway, I'm going to go hug these guys when I meet them in person. Okay, Mark, what are you drinking? I went up to Atlanta, just outside Atlanta, went to Yamer Farms and got some fresh apple ginger ale straight from the farm. And it is amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh, sounds Worth amazing. I'm actually Worth jealous. Okay. Um, old B or pink B, whichever one wants to go first. What are you drinking? <laughs> pink B, do it. I've got Bailey's and Buttershots mixed. It's got a name, but it's a naughty name. And it's, it's all right. We're not on an adult podcast. You shouldn't it's say a that. Buttery nipple is what it's called. There you go. It's a I'm salted caramel buttery dead. nipple. That's oh why God. I wasn't saying that. <laughs> but it's salted, scrumptious salted caramel. Bailey. Yeah. So we got a scrumptious nipple. Yeah, we got all a right. scrumptious yeah. butter yeah. nipple right. with salt around the rim. That's from one of your books. Erica. Yeah, that sounds like from one of my books. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Butterscotch Snops, which is you know still very good over here on this side of the table, and uh, Captain Morgan in little teeny bottles, because yeah. why not? Uh, and you well, you get to stick your pinky bottles. out when you're pouring it, so that makes it fancy. Yeah. Yes, yes. I call it an there a lot less. There are a lot less teeny bottles that were on there at the start of the first part, part of the podcast. So Did I, you uh, see yeah. him knock them over in the last episode yeah. as if yeah. he was like yeah. in a drunken rage? Well, this isn't called... <laughs> I stole them. This yeah, isn't called them. Maybe I'll Drink With Authors. Yeah, I've been <laughs> trying to do my part in, in everybody else's Fantastic. part as well. We, are, we appreciate that. Okay, <laughs> so rapid fire question. And we're going to direct this. First, first answer has got to come from Pink Bee. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? Harry Potter. Which one? Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Why? I like the way the story unfolds. Uh, the twist of Sirius not being the the one after Harry and of Scabbers, who we've seen from the first book being Wormtail slash Peter Pettigrew was just an awesome twist. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Older B, what's yours? I'm going to go with Hobbit, J.R.R. Tolkien. It was a beautifully written uh, piece of work. It was an epic adventure, and um, and it, I really uh, really enjoyed the ride. Very cool. Then you get the follow-up question first. What is the least favorite book you've ever read? That was written by J.R.R. Tolkien. 
the Silmarillion. Silmarillion, <laughs> whatever you call it. It was yeah. difficult to plow through, and it was all written in this almost biblical text. And I'm like, when are they going to get to the actual story? And it, I actually bailed on that. So yeah, it doesn't get to a story. Jen, who sometimes hosts this podcast with me, is a PhD in English literature and teaches Tolkien. And that's exactly what the Cimmerillion was, was a, a Bible kind of thing for the book. Yeah, and it, and then, and even as a Bible, for my take, uh, it didn't work. I was raised in a very religious environment, and I read a lot of all of that. But it, it still didn't, it, the cohesiveness wasn't there for me. Okay. Pink Bee, what is the worst book? I have been stewing over this since you asked him. I don't have one. I am a confessed bibliophile. I love reading. I always have. Excuse me. Always have. And even so, there's I, no book you ever just went nope. No, not that I can recall. I I've always read a book cover to cover if I've you know picked it up to read it. I mean, I own a bunch of books that I haven't yet read, but they are going to be read eventually. These are not my books. These are mom and dad's books. My books would not fit in the frame. Um, and uh, every book I've ever picked up from Tangerine that I had to read for school to uh, a book that my grandmother wrote that was never published. I love them all in their own ways. Yeah, my mom was a big inspiration to me to become a writer. She was, but anyway. That's brilliant. Okay, so let's talk about you were yeah you were you um said that uh you were a bigger movie fan than a book fan, which you know you can get hate mail from people on this podcast for saying that. But um, (laughs) sorry, I'm just kidding. I I get the hate. I get the hate mail. It's fine. I'm good. No, just kidding. I actually haven't gotten hate mail. I keep saying no, things, like yet. waiting, and I'm like, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'll send you maybe one I just, of you. I was gonna we, say the same thing. <laughs> have the coolest fans in the world. That's all I'm gonna say. That listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, what uh, book to movie did you absolutely love there, Older B? Well, you know what? That's gonna go back to Harry Potter. That first book to the first movie was so well done that i mean every point now i will say to come back to uh the lord of the rings series that first movie to the first book of the lord of the rings was so well done the scene in the where the river rise up his horses and things like that beautifully beautifully done but the same thing happened in harry potter i like it when they they hold true to the book as and much they, as possible. As much as possible. And I realize that some things aren't going to fit. But I love when they take the imagery that was in my pickled brain and they put it on the screen and it, it works. I'm like, wow, that is exactly what I was hoping it would be. And those two really did the great job for me. Okay, Pink B, what about you? The Martian. I loved, I went out and got, I happened to get the book right before the movie was released. I saw it at, I think, BJ's on one of their big book tables. I was like, well, that looks interesting. So I picked it up, loved the book. It was hilarious. The uh, audiobook, if anybody ever gets a chance to listen to it, is absolutely hilarious. Best audiobook on the planet, yeah. bar none. 
hilariously uh, done. And the movie was so well done to translate from a book about logs being entered manually, like via keyboard, to a movie about logs being entered visually via camera. And it worked so well and it was so hilarious. And Matt Damon did a beautiful job as the care as the as Mark Watney. And it's just it's my favorite movie or book to movie adaptation that I've ever seen, even with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter out there. I want to make a point since we're talking about authors and we are authors and everything like that, that whenever there's a great line, why does the actor is the only one to get credit, but not the writer? What's up with <laughs> yep. that? You no, know? no. There's there's you know, a there's a great scene in the boys uh in the first season and they're in a support group because they you know they, they these guys have had bad things happen to them because the superheroes have treated them like dirt. And uh and then one guy has had a certain part of his anatomy frozen off because he had sex with the superhero who freezes things. And, and he was like, the whole reason I went with her was because I was the writer of her movie and she cared. And who wants to sleep with the writer? Who wants to sleep with the writer? <laughs> no, it's true. But the producers know that what's interesting about it is the producers of movies know exactly who the important part of movies is. Yeah. Um, okay, so so you guys told told me the ones you like. Let's go the opposite direction for ones that okay. you were like, this should never have happened. So what what book to movie or TV show were you like, this is garbage? Aragon. Oh. I love, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Irons. I love his oh. little monologue about the chickens. That was hilarious. The rest of the movie was shit. <laughs> okay. Jeremy Irons okay. can save anything. He saved what the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, my brain's, uh, can you smell the smoke? I'm working on this one. I, uh, <laughs> I'm curious uh, because you mentioned the book being The Hobbit, what you thought of what um, Peter Jackson yeah, did. Because I have uh, my own opinions on what Peter Jackson did, but. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Peter Jackson did, a, that's a good point actually, and that saves me from, from this question, which is tough. Uh, Peter Jackson did a great job with The Hobbit. There are some previous attempts at bringing the Hobbit to speak to the screen, which were exceptionally lame and and very childish, and I thought this is a, a more universal appeal story than what you guys are putting out there. So, as a cheap cop out, I'm going to go with that because <laughs> I can't think of a better example at the moment um, of a of a book that should have gone better to movie. I'm sure I will once some of the rum wears off. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Yes, yes. Mark, question. All right. So you said you guys were you know, you like Dungeons and Dragons. Have you played any other games that you might have found inspiration from? Ooh. Ooh. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, inspiration for our book. I'm not sure. Oregon we, Trail. <laughs> Oregon Trail's a good one. Um. There was. Oh um, my God! Dysentery. We all die of dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the story of Oregon Trail. Yeah. Um, Talisman, all right, yeah. which is a similar story, a similar uh, game to Dungeons and Dragons, but it has, it's a card-based game. That's a great 
inspirational game because you're you've got a character and he's going through these adventures and and that's a that's a cool thing so okay pink b what about you world of warcraft oh the uh the mission you know from a to b to c to go you know so on and so forth it really gives you that um side quest type setup where you you know you have these points that you have to get to but in between there's other stuff you can do and it makes for an easy story to tell so to speak um and <laughs> the other one is kind of silly and and even more surprising than world of warcraft uh for some for me at least stardew valley of all the bizarro games to, to think of as inspiration um i actually started writing a fanfic about Stardew Valley, where it was a person from our world going through all this. You know, nice. she gets a letter from her grandfather that she kept in her desk for X amount of years. And then she finally decides to open it. And it's like, how the hell is this guy still here? Why does he, the, this whole town was waiting for me to show up with that? You know, and it's kind of a dystopian, uh, uh, Stepford Wives type situation, but that gave me a lot of inspiration for the book. So, yeah, very cool. Played a lot okay. of World War II stuff. Yeah. Okay, so um, Stardew Valley for him. <laughs> what is your um favorite character to play in Dungeons and Dragons? Older B. Archer, all the way. I'm always, always an archer or a hunter. What about you, Older B? Um. I'm going to divert over to World of Warcraft because it's easier for a lot of people to relate to because you've got the set characters and I would be either the archer, which is the hunter, or the paladin. And and I would be the... the You'd be lawful the... good? I, I fucking hate paladins in games. <laughs> yeah! That's <laughs> why we're here. I hate paladins That's in why games. we're here. We're going to do right and we're going to do the right thing. Ha <laughs> ha! Fuck you. you know, that oh is my god. <laughs> yes. Anybody shows up in a DD game, there's like a paladin. I'm like, this is gonna end badly. <laughs> my first character ever in DD, my little brother, um, ran the thing and he just showed me how the whole thing worked. And my first character was um his name was PHUK, and his weapon was called Thornblade. Um and so he was a paladin with a really twisted mind and that's what he was What's wrong with that that sounds pretty epic okay mark oh for me oh i always i always play some uh uh you know uh usually a a, a, a wizard or an illusionist somebody you know a trickster type character that is yeah. not as good as he says he is you know i was like playing the, <laughs> yes. love that you know it's like oh I'll cast this and save the day and then he always winds up casting something you know bumbling wizard but actually Really knows what he's doing. That's a classic. Yeah, I love that. One of my favorite characters there ever was a a, a dwarf um, called Thunderstump Oakenshield, and his ego was his definite largest characteristic, and everything else kind of followed after that. I love dwarf names. I had a character for a while named Barsufia Stinkbottom. <laughs> nice. uh, beautiful, beautiful. Yep. That's pretty epic. I play rogues. Love that. Nice. Oh, the wife plays rogues. Yeah, I play rogues because they're the most badass. Even in World of Warcraft, if done correctly, yeah. 
They yes. do more damage than all the mages and stuff like that if you if you yeah. line them up. Yeah. And she got to play them just right, and that's that's the fun of it. Yeah. No, so speaking true. of the wife, how proud how proud is she of you two writing your own book? Very. Uh, we're getting the thumbs up from the other. Yeah, she is. There proud. we go. Uh, it's, it's, it's off, off screen with cue cards, helping yeah. them get yeah. through the questions. People don't know that. So She's sweeping up the bottles. That yes, landing uh, on the floor. Yes, and Mark's lizard Claudius is off screen holding up little yep. cue cards. To... Yeah, he's keeping me awake. <laughs> this, is, this is past my bedtime. Thanks, so, Claudius. what do you guys find is your um, little, uh, you know, you kind of said this earlier, Older B, that you just sort of write a stream of things that may or may not have punctuation or spelling errors in them and then send it. it do you feel like that's your um sort of achilles heel when writing is that you just go and don't stop what is your achilles heel in writing well it would be the 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 mechanics of it all right i i um i think my strength is my visualization where i've got a very strong picture of the person in the situation and what he's going to go through and what, where his mind is as he goes through that but to get the mechanics of getting him, uh, uh, uh. yeah, there the mechanics go. of getting him through that situation is <laughs> uh, it, sometimes. For those of you who haven't watched the video portion, you need to watch. You got to watch the video portion of this because that was that epic. Bit. I like that. No, no, I thought he was doing something to the table. <laughs> no, it's like this. It's like this. Totally oh my goodness. Beautiful. What about you, Pink B? The tangents I will go off on. I will, you know, be trying to write something and I'll need to research a small, you know, something like a fountain pen and when it was invented or what Colt uh, Patterson, or excuse me, what Samuel Colt's first gun was, which was not the Peacemaker. It was a gun called the Patterson that almost bankrupted him. I love those Going things, off though. on, you know, I, I had to go and research that. And then in researching that, I will find these tangents that I will go off on and two or three hours will have passed and suddenly I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, I was writing. <laughs> and now I'm off reading about, you know, World War, World War III possibilities and what the weapons will be like therein. Yeah. And I'm so, like, oops, so much well, for that. And, and just so you know, most researchers suffer from that. Like, yeah. that is part of the reason I intentionally don't go down the research rabbit hole because you can go down the rabbit hole and then get stuck and then you're not even in wonderland anymore you're somewhere else already yeah. Like, yeah. 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 and then you're like how the hell did i get here that's why my next book is about west virginia kentucky and ohio instead of florida because i was researching a florida thing and it turned into that but <laughs> your yeah. guys your guys's research uh i wanted to ask a question since you are big on research uh the native americans in this you you are yes. very yes. uh very uh well portrayed in there how did you research writing those well what we wanted was native american input we would have absolutely adored to find somebody that we could talk to that was native american lived on a reservation or you know had the roots of grown up with the culture grown up with the culture of the native american lifestyle and and what their history was to be able to bounce off ideas off of them show them what we had written and see and basically say here it is 
take a red pen to it, tell us what we need to change, and we will change it. Serious reverence for the Native American culture and what has been lost. And yeah, there's some guilt because I'm white and all like that. I didn't do it. My father didn't do it. His father, you know, but it's still like a culture that because we're here, we lost that. And we wanted, we don't want to lose that. And so, in, in our research, we discovered a lot of the things that they do in their culture that aren't as widely known. Like, you know, you hear about the beads, the bracelets, the blankets and such and so forth, the dancing around the campfires and what have you. But to actually do the in-depth research and find out what the culture was like, it's so beautifully fascinating about the way of life that they had and that they try to maintain as much so as... So civilized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as much as, you know... They had their the, own police force. They had their own government. They had the best civilization on the planet until... White man came. Well, not necessarily just white man, not on purpose. The first white men come over and, and disease. Yes. 90% of the population. So when the next white men came over, it was an empty continent. Yeah. Hey, look at all this. Yeah, this is they ours had no now. idea. Nobody had any idea, you know? Germ theory wasn't invented or discovered until much later. So this is part of the medical research and the Native American research where it all kind of, all this fuses together and what's part of the fascination of doing the research for the book. It's one of the reasons that we wanted one of our main characters too. to be Native American so that we could represent that culture as well as we were able with who we are. Yeah. Well, that got it got very serious very quickly. I don't Sorry, know. I had to Mark, I'm just saying. I, we were talking about hobbitses a little moment ago. Right, what's and your now favorite dick joke? No, sorry. No, no dick jokes. Um, so my question for you though is you did all this research. Did you create a world bible? It was already there. Yeah. It's, it was it's already such, there. Our book is such so deep rooted in it, true history and, and real historical fact is. We put as much truth into the book as we could with, while still maintaining a historical fiction. I know, but you went down to figure out the first gun and stuff. Did you keep track of all this this little stuff that you yes. discovered? On our okay. website, bbleclair.com, there is a, uh, a page that is reference and research. And there, the Colt Patterson is on there, as well as uh, alchemy, uh, excuse me, not alchemy, uh, Medicine. Medicine of the time uh, where you take off a limb. What's the word? Amputation tools. Yeah, you can you can tell that it's starting to affect me now. I'm this is fun. This is why we do this part at the end. Is so that you're, he's sitting there pointing at the flying ship and you're talking yeah. about yeah, amputation. Yeah. It's there great. There was a guy named Rufus Porter. And Rufus Porter invented an airship. Very similar to that one. In this time period. And he was in um, just north of Washington at that time, at that date, trying to get his airship in the World's Fair. But because of various economic and weather problems, um, it didn't happen, according to history. According to us, his airship was a yeah, requisition for other purposes. That is um, awesome. other things on our research. Uh, that we found out that were fascinating. Ketchup was a medicine, a kind of a cure-all. If you're feeling poorly, take ketchup. Um, 
morphine was actually called morphium in the day and uh, was used as a sedative, but it was not um, intravenously applied. It was drunk. You know, you would drink it. The hand. All right. There is a character in our book who loses a hand. And lopped off at the, remember we're the elbow. steampunk versus zombies. We needed a steampunk answer. So in the 13th, 1300s, the 14th century, there was a knight who lost his hand, who had a mechanical hand attached and you could turn dials or turn screws and stuff. And he could hold a sword and fight in battle and he could hold a pen and write. And so we put that in the book. So that was part of the fascination where we go into the research and we find these things and said, wow, that we'll put that in. And the next chapter is written because it's already there. Because we found this cool thing and wanted to include it. Detroit in 1834, which is one of the main reasons we moved the, the time frame, lost 900 people in one month. They say it was the cholera. We say it was something more exciting. That's very cool. Very cool. Okay, Mark, I'm going to let you have the last question. Don't make it a downer question again, dude. All right. All right. Uh, so if you could cast lead characters from your movie, uh, of the movie of your book or the Netflix series, who would you cast? And don't say Harry Potter. Adam Savage. <laughs> As Rufus Porter. Adam Savage would be Rufus Porter in a heartbeat. The airship if we guy. could get him to do it, it okay. would be perfect. And as Sergeant Chambers, all right, one of the heroes, I would want one of the Chris's, all right? Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Chris Captain, America. Captain America. Chris Captain America, what was his last name? <laughs> Evans. 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 Evans, Chris Evans. Right? One of uh, those guys. As Nectosha, I'd want to get an actual Native American, uh, indigenous, yes. uh, indigenous American to play Nectosha, who is going to be the the heartthrob of the story. Yeah, he would be. So he is everybody's favorite. We did not intend to write him as the boy hero that he turned into, but that's what he is. And everybody I love it when characters take their own life up and, and run with it and, and become something more than you thought they were going to be. But sometimes, as my mother said, sometimes the characters write their the story themselves. Yeah. And sometimes you have to let them do that. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. Okay, guys. So let's let's do the shameless self-promotion plug. What is the name of your first book? Oops. Don't break everything in the process. Yeah. The Secret War of 1834 by B.B. LeClaire. I'm the first B. I'm the first B. Okay. Oh, this and, is going to uh, be the epic argument forever. And yeah. the sequel that is coming out and is going to be released at Megacon Orlando in May, correct? Yeah. Hopefully. Yes, yes. It's, it's, There's no it's, hopefully. You've now committed to it. This, to do it. Yes. It's going to be the secret war, something more. I don't know. We're going to figure uh, out the title. We keep debating. We keep bashing our heads against the same brick wall. This but this was called you zombies. Should, you should let the first be guess. We might call it. We might call it. You know, rise of zombies, rise of steampunk. We might call it. You know, the secret. Conflict of 1836. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll come up with it. And, oh, and I, we, I have no doubt, and I have no doubt you will be dressed as the characters from it. So yeah. it should be wonderful. That's and if fun. anybody gets an opportunity, guys, um, social media, where do people find you? We didn't ask that before. What is going on? 
bblandclair.com is our website. We also have a website under Secret War of 1834, but it kind of leads you to the BB LeClaire website. Uh, we do have a Facebook presence. It's not as strong as we would like. We're working on that. Um, and one of the things that we're learning is the business of books, the business of being a writer. And that's a tough, that's a tough thing is, you know, writing a book is cool. The business of being a book writer or an author is a whole nother thing. It's cool, but it, there's a lot to learn. There is a lot to learn. I agree. A lot more than just typing out words. Yeah. Yep. Writing is hard. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. You guys have been so much fun, really. It's it been great. awesome. Thank you. Very thank you cool. so much for having us. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so well, glad Mark turned you on to the happy. podcast. This is like a circle of life happening right now. So... <laughs> Guys, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Eric Lance. My co-host today has been... Mark Munson from Erie, Florida. Wonderbar. And our amazing guests have been the Bee and Bee LeClaire. They will have an epic battle over which bee comes first, but they've both been amazing. Thank you so much. And guys, we will see you next time. I hope so. Thank you very Thank much. You. You guys You're welcome. welcome.